Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. If you're listening to this, this is a video episode, so you can find that on Mark's Daily Apple, and we'll put all of the links in the show notes. Today, I'm so excited because this is one of my favorite topics. Gina Swire is on the show, and she is a self-love mentor and manifesting queen on a global mission to help a billion women fall madly in love with themselves. We're going to talk about her struggles and what led her to become this type of expert. Welcome to the show, Gina. Thank you so much for having me. So excited. So tell us, I mean, we'll put it, it's in your bio, but tell us the trajectory of how you got here and and your modeling experience that led you to this moment. Yeah. Uh, So it wasn't always this way. I wasn't always living a life of self-love, hence, you know, turn your trauma into Dharma. And uh, I grew up in um, a really nice family and everything was really good. And I was quite a confident child. And then I went to a school, which was quite strict and quite um, goal focused and academic focused, which I know a lot of schools are. And at the same time, my dad left. So my dad left when I was about eight. And I think that kind of rattled me a little bit and he went away and got a new family and I probably felt a bit rejected didn't know how to handle that and at school I went into I think as well with like hormonal teenage years or I went into um silence really I had this very strong mean girl um self-talk And I went really introvert at school. So I had this big personality, um, but I wasn't showing it at all. I would get social anxiety. I would get really red and stuttery and not be able to speak. And it was quite stressful. And so as I went into my teenage years, and, and also a lot of people that knew me then never really knew there was that much going on because it was mostly inside. It was like an internal battle. Excuse me. And then when I was about 17, I started getting scouted for modeling. And so there was a part of me that was really excited about that, but there was a bigger part that was just like, oh my God, no, you could never do that. You're too fat. You're too this, you're too gross. You know, you're not confident enough. And I grew up in a household where it was every Monday, um, everyone was on a diet and by Wednesday or Thursday, everyone had fallen off the wagon. And so, uh, yo-yo dieting was definitely a thing. And I think, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but in it's not that long ago that stick thin being skinny was the thing. Yep. Um, you know, now we have Beyonce and we have all these amazing, uh, you know, body diversity ambassadors. Um, but it wasn't that long ago that, especially in my world, it was all about being skinny. And that's what I really wanted to be. And so that really impacted me. And when I started modeling, they uh, scouted me a few times and then finally I went in to the modeling agency and it was only really because when I was 17 I was poorly I was sick and uh, I lost a lot of weight 
um, I was in bed for a month. I didn't eat anything and I was very skinny and I was like, okay, now I can go into the modeling agencies. And so I went into the model agency and they were like, we love you. We love your look. You know, you're going to be great for us. The only thing is, is you're a bit too heavy and you need to lose two, um, one stone. So about, I don't know how much that is in kilograms, probably in, in, 10. In, yeah. About 10 pounds maybe. Yeah. 14 pounds. Um, so basically like a, a big dress size proper dress size in two weeks they gave me and come back in when you've lost the weight we'll book you for this job and you'll be a model with us and I was like oh my god in two weeks I probably will have put on weight because right now I'm the skinniest I've ever been and so um I just went with my mom afterwards and I was like I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it just if I could lose weight I would have already done it um so I decided not to do it And so in the meantime, started modeling with this other tiny little agency who wanted women who were more curvy because it was all about wedding dresses and bridal shows. And they wanted this curvy figure. And they just asked me to do modeling for them. And I was like, oh, no, I've already been told I'm too big. And they were like, no, 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 we we want your shape. That's what we want. So I was like, oh, okay. So I started modeling with them and then the agency actually got back in touch with me. This is a few months later and said, um, can you come back in? And they'd heard that I'd been modeling again. Um, and they obviously wanted a cut of that money. And so I went back in and they, they, I thought they were going to tell me I needed to lose weight again to join them. And they said, actually, we'd like to take you on as a plus size model. And this was when there wasn't any plus size models then. So they'd said, we want to take you on as Manchester's first ever plus size model, to which I was completely horrified and completely just like, oh God, I'm going to be like a fat model, like essentially. Um, and so they said, the only thing is, is we need you to put on a stone in weight and come back in two weeks because you're a bit too skinny. And I was just like, oh my God, that is, like, I think that's every 18 year old's night, 18 year old girl's nightmare, put on weight and come back. And I was like, oh God, what is happening? Uh, yeah. But anyway, I think the message underneath it all is that I was being constantly told that how my body is, is not good enough. It's not good enough. It needs to change. It's not good enough. It needs to change. And that was a reflection of my belief of myself. And so as it went on, I did become a plus size model and I was really successful in my twenties and uh, got signed in New York and got signed in Milan and everywhere, Barcelona and all, all the big cities. And I used to fly around and it went really, really, really well. Uh, so yeah, in one way I was really, because I was like, yeah, I'm doing great. And I've got this great job and a lot of outside validation, but ultimately I didn't feel that good. So it looked like I was very confident but I was just seeking all the time and I was numbing all the time. I was a big party girl, which basically translates to 
I'm numbing everything with alcohol and being out. And I think last night, even I was watching a little program with my my friend, which we never ever do. We never watch TV. And last night, I was like, you know what? I just fancy watching a bit of like normal TV. And there was this girl, younger girl, and she was saying, I'm such a big party girl. I'm a party holic. And I was thinking, that translates to I'm avoiding big things probably about myself. <laughs> yeah. So it was a whole journey and um, I struggled. It, it looked like I had it all, but I really felt something massive was missing. And I had this inner void that I used to try and fill with food and with alcohol and shopping and traveling and men and everything possible. And then yeah, in my in my late twenties, I just suddenly realised I was like, ah, yeah, I'm going to quit all of this. So I I quit absolutely everything overnight. Quit modelling. Quit living in New York. Quit men. Went celibate. Went vegan. Quit alcohol. Quit all my old friends and moved back to Manchester in England. Um, yeah, and I went on this like spiritual, I guess, kind of awakening path, but I'd, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no mentor of that. I had no, nobody I knew had done that before. And, but it was like this inner guidance showing me the way. So there I was all of a sudden back in Manchester, I bought a house. It had no furniture in it and I would just kneel on the floor begging for a sign from I didn't even know what at that point I was like I'll do anything just make it stop because I just I just felt all this pain arising from the nothingness I guess it's like going on a silent retreat or something so um out of that nothingness quite a few months went by and that was the most challenging time of my life probably but I was being guided and I knew there was something beyond it and I just needed to go through whatever it was. And then came like the first massive light bulbs. And so the first one was super simple. It was just a voice, very clear, saying, Gina, your whole life, you've been trying to change yourself and you don't need to do that anymore. From this day, you don't need to change. And I was like, interesting. What does that even look like? My whole life I've been trying to be thinner or fatter or taller or more beautiful or more intelligent at school. And how, like, what if I didn't do that? And so this kind of like series of very simple, very, very simple, but very profound realizations happened. And they added up to self-love essentially, just you've you've already got it like there's nothing nowhere to go it's already everything you want to be you already are and I was just like wow yeah we it's really interesting so I mean I've had this experience started my trend too because I'm an actor in Hollywood as well and now things are better there's people that look somewhat normal on tv as the women but when I was doing it it was like you'd hear the casting director on the phone say, I need your client at a two. She's a four. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh my God, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, oh my God, I gotta get down to it. So that breeded like, you know, really unhealthy patterns. And again, constantly being obsessed with this. And it threw me into, of course, you know, then 
a whole nother, a whole nother path that I had to heal with a healing journey. Uh, and it's not just that. So you could be in that kind of environment, but this is just sort of what we are raised with, right? These magazines mm-hmm. and you know, every page is one page is eat this way to lose weight. Then the next page is cupcake ads. And you're like, Oh boy. Like, you're like, just like, come on, man. It's all contradictory. It's all confusing. No one knows what to do. And they're chasing after this. When you had that first thought or you, you sensed that voice that said, Hey, you don't need to change anymore. Did you feel it? Or did it take a little while? Was it an instant knowing and feeling of like, I love who I am in that moment? Or did it take you a minute to get there? Um, and I, you know, it, it's just a really interesting place to be to have that self-acceptance. Mm, that's a really great question. It was instant. It was as soon as I heard it, it was like this new thing that was very obvious, but I'd never thought it before. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, like a full on realization. And I lived by it from that point. So there was times when I would waver. Um, so a lot of it was based around body and weight and cellulite and all these things. And so some the first time I heard you don't need to change your body, I was like, oh, I don't need to change my body. But then I would still think the thought, but it would be like I was observing it. So the thought would still be there, but I didn't choose it anymore. And I was like, oh, yeah, all these years I've been choosing that one. And now I'm just seeing it for what it is. So it wasn't that it was gone, but I wasn't relating to it in the same way. And so a couple of months later, I was in India. Like after I'd had these realizations, I was like, I need to go to India. That's where that's where I need to go. (laughs) So I went off to India, which was fantastic. And whilst I was there, I remember I was sat on the beach in a bikini, which would have been incredibly stressful in the past, even though I was a model and I would wear all these, you know, I would always be in my knickers and bra or bikini or whatever. But in my personal life, to be in my bikini, I would have been so up in my head, I wouldn't have been able to enjoy myself. So much self-talk, just, you know, back and forth and just, all over the place. And I remember I was just sat there on the beach in my bikini with not everything sucked in, just sat being me and not perfect in any way, but perfectly imperfect. And I remember just having this feeling of, wow, like I'm just, I'm just me. That's it. And if anyone doesn't like that, great, go over there and enjoy not liking that. Like I'm liking this as it is. And it wasn't even that I was like suddenly in love with my body. It was just irrelevant. Like I didn't need to be in love with my body. It was just, this is my body. This is it. You know, it wasn't like people often ask me in interviews, like how did you fall in love with your body? Or how does someone fall in love with the body? And honestly, it was slightly different for me because it was just all of a sudden it was irrelevant this is my body this is how it looks today this is how heavy it is this is my score on gravity today and tomorrow it might be something different and what a and what that's a, it and what a place of ex, uh i got the thing hopefully you can hear me my mm-hmm. microphone just went weird yeah uh, it's it's it, it is a place of actually really truly being in the now and loving what is right i really love byron katie yeah. Being like, like you said, yeah. today this is the way it is, and this is yeah. this, 
is what it is. It's just literally pure acceptance. Um, you know, this is still such a thing. We all have it. And especially because, you know, a lot of people listening or watching this are, are health coaches. We've got Instagram. Look, I mean, I'm using filters. Like I'm sure, you know, like we all, I mean, not like to adjust my nose size or anything, but you know, we all have this impression we're putting out there. Um, you know, and it's, it's tough. I think there's a lot of health coaches or people out there that feel like they can't gain a pound or they have to, um, I've Mm. talked about it on another show where it sort of breeds this secrecy, right? Because then you Mm. don't write your secret eating things, you claiming Mm -hmm. you couldn't or whatever. And I think that it's a little bit tougher to navigate and you really need this strong core. If you're going to be out there promoting yourself in any way, because you're likely going to come across criticism self-criticism or others at some point. And um, I just think more and more people really need to get into the acceptance of who they are. And, and, you know, one of the things, and I know you've experienced this in life, didn't you, when you were all messed up in your head and didn't like, you know, you, weren't you, I remember I, when I was in that moment, I would always be like kind of a little envious of the women that were like really large wearing a tube top and were like, I don't care. I'm awesome. And I was always like, Oh man, (laughs) like, like they, like, like Mm -hmm. if I were them, I would never wear that. Right. But like, here I am trying to cover up what's not even like, and they're obese, just out there working it. And I was like, I love that, man. I love it when I see it to this day almost because it's this level of zero shame about oneself. And I really appreciate that. And I, you know, I, I, I wrote a book on confidence. This is a main component of this. If you do not have self-love and self-esteem, you cannot be confident. And that's what, that's what shines through, right? When you in the inside, whether you verbalize it or not, or accepting yourself, that vibration is going to shine through to other people. People want to be around that. They don't want to be around someone who's self-judging and insecure. So in that note, I'd like to ask you, so after this change, what were the things that you noticed either reaction to you or how you operated in the world with people Mm -hmm. and how this affected other things in your life than just your body image? Yeah. Well, I've written about this myself as well. Like in the past, I used to sometimes attract or manifest situations like one particular, which was in my hometown and I was sat with a bunch of friends and I was about a UK 12 to 14, so like a US 8 to 10. And um, I was with all my friends always seemed to be much skinnier than me, which, you know, it's fine now, but then it was like, ah. And uh, I was with this guy and a few other guys, and this, this one particular guy was very, like, popular, older guy, very good looking, and, you know, owned all the places in our town, and he was, like, the powerful alpha kind of guy and at one point he just stood up and said you know Gina if you were if you were just like a size eight I would definitely date you can you um can you be that I know and I was just like kind of laughed it off and then ran to the bathroom and just completely lost it I was super young at that point and uh yeah I used to attract situations that would beat it yeah, that that would that would highlight the thing that I thought about myself and then I would believe it more. So it was like I was attracting negative evidence to support the belief that I had, the bullshit belief that I had. 
I want to highlight that because that is, again, it's like you, you know, everyone's heard it before, but it's true. What you focus on is going to keep coming back. You focus on, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. I hate my body. You're always going to find reasons where you're going to be in a position where you need to lose weight or, you know, all of these type of things. And because it's the vibration, not the words, right? And same goes with this. You're going to attract things. They're going to validate the story you have created about yourself, no matter what it is, you know? And so, and again, that could be, you know, like your story of your father. And, you know, my dad was a little bit of a, a deadbeat. He was like a really cool, fun guy. So he kind of got, got away with murder in a way, but he was sort of like a still kind of a loser. And any kind of alpha chick who's got these abandonment issues, right? You know, these are some core things. And, and in my thing, I was always mm-hmm. like, I, you know, you can't trust men because like my dad was, you know, doing well when my mom married him and he just kind of like lost all of our money and you just, you just ruined the family as a result of it and became a drunk. And my story was, you know what? Can't trust men. I'm going to go be independent, make my own money. Because even if you get one that the picture looks nice, it could fall apart and you'll be left in the dust. And then I kept attracting similar, you know, types of men over the years until I caught it that kept, Mm, they kept confirming, aha, see, told Mm -hmm. you, you can't trust them. They'd either be unavailable. They'd either be cheaters or they weren't in a relationship or they would just be drunk. It was all the spectrum of unavailable or non-reliable or dependable, whatever that was. And it kept confirming. And I had to really go and look back at that declaration I made and change it. And Mm -hmm. it took a lot of work and some painful questions I had to ask, but man, we will, we will constantly manifest and see those things will come in to confirm our experience. Um, Mm -hmm. so that, that makes total sense. That guy saying that to you, what a, what a perfect magnet situation there. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, I win again. It's a shitty win, but I win because I'm right. (laughs) Again, great. I'm right again. And now I'm back to square one. Yeah. So we had similar things. So my dad was incredibly successful and businessman, super well liked and, um, you know, this amazing, amazing character, but then he just buggered off and got a new family. And so I made that declaration. I'm going to be this incredibly independent woman. I'm going to be the best at everything. I'm going to smash it. I'm never going to depend on a man for anything. I'm never even going to let a man buy me a drink till I was 26. No way, because then I no chance. I will buy you a drink, <laughs> and then I'll then I'll like you know resent you because you're not being a man. Um, you know, I want, yeah, to so, I want to highlight that. It's so that, that rings so true to me. What you just said about mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to let a guy pay for me. And I remember as I got older, my guy friends who were wonderful men, my guy friends were like, L, you have to allow, like you can, you have to stop doing this. This is something yeah. that's a part of our nature. This is a part of what we want. You, you are emasculating a guy every time you're trying to be like, oh, it's even, I'm not going to owe you anything to like all this weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you just realized, Same. but it took me a while to like allow a guy to pay for me. I'm glad you brought that up. That's something that hasn't come up in a lot of the conversations I've had on this topic. And that's an important one. If you're out there and you kind of thinking this way that was us and you're on the wrong track <laughs> with that yeah. um, so yeah, sorry yeah. continue but yeah so. no thank you and this conversation is so cosmic right now like everything you're saying I'm like yeah that's like a new you know these things we have to sometimes keep learning them keep learning them keep learning them and then we get it and then we still need to be reminded or you know something you just said I've just been talking about yesterday and it's like 
spot on. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so this whole um, being super independent and I, it was manifesting in a slightly different way though. I would attract these men who would be like, I need to marry you. Like, I need to be with you. I need that. Oh, I need, oh, you're amazing. The best, the best, the best, the best. Like completely available to me and completely like wanting to marry me and wanting to have children with me and just like, but then I would reject them because I'd be like, oh, this guy is not, you know, he's, he's not, he's just not doing it for me. Like I would reject them. And then I'd be like, look, see, no man can show up for me. They can't meet where, meet where I'm at. And then I'd be like, yay, I win again. But actually, I lose. So great. Yeah, yeah. So I really feel you on that, like really looking into your patterning and seeing it all. And it's it's really hard, but it's such a blessing. And yeah, now we get to have the reap, the reap of the rewards, hopefully. Yeah, I call, I call a lot of that like <clears throat> just parental garbage. We got to go sift through it and see what parts of those stories are holding us back. And um mm-hmm again, attracting scenarios that are continually confirming whatever that was. Um, what would you say, you know, in, in coaching people all over the world and, and talking about this, um, and I do believe you have a book coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm excited about that. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, what would you say, would you see certain themes? Let's talk about some certain themes or thought process, a thought, a, a declaration, a sentence you keep hearing from certain types or do you know what I mean? That over and over again, that kind of go, oh yeah, that's a classic. So that people who are listening know like, Ooh, that's me, Ugh, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, what are some of the be- the best ones? <laughs> Probably... Um, you know, uh, like a lot of my clients, they know what they want and they're going for it, but they've got the foot on the gas and the brake at the same time because they are like, I know exactly what I want. Yeah, I want this amazing job or I want this amazing career or I want this pay rise or I want this man. But at the same time, they're like, but if I get that, like, how will I even deal with it? Like, I won't, I won't be able to hold that. Like, I can't deal with it or they they think they can but they can't so when anything comes in whenever they manifest something they're just like no can't do it and then they'll go back into that like low self-worth or lack of self-love and it takes them ages to get out of it so that's probably yeah that's a big one I'm trying to think what actual words they would say or, or a mindset or, or certain, you know, anything that kind of themes that you hear or actually a specific example of someone who did a 180, who really started off with the low end and was able to, to, to transform to the other side. I mean, I always love examples of people who've conquered this other than us yeah. or Mickey or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So one of, one of my biggest ever client transformations was a lady who came to me and she was just completely, completely broken. She was not eating, very anorexic. She was suicidal. She told me she tried to commit suicide less than three weeks before. She was just in this massive pattern of she was hardly getting paid anything at work and her boss was, you know, 
not being very nice to her and she was just chugging along and not really enjoying it. And then she'd had this big breakup with this man who'd like kind of abused her and just told her all this stuff that, you know, you're never going to find anyone better than me and emotional abuse and physical abuse. And she just came to me and she was just completely broken, you know, felt completely broken. She was just dust. And she came in with, you've never met anyone as fucked as me. I'm way beyond broken. Like I'm so more messed up than you've ever been. And these were like big things that she was saying. And so obviously I've heard that many times before and it's like, okay, great. That's the story you're running. Like let's work through this. And, and I remember we were doing this kind of, this was in person. We were doing this share circle and she was just like, I'd, I don't know how I can ever come back from this. That's another story. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Just let's all welcome. Let it all be here. And then she shared something really, really intense about sexual abuse when she was a child. And after she shared that, she just completely crumbled and she crumbled into my arms. And I was just like, yeah, just, just, you know, it's, it's okay for you to feel this. It's safe for you to feel this. And just allowing yourself to feel this is going to shift it. Just if you can trust one person, you can trust me, you can trust yourself. And I just like intuitively like held the space for her to have the most intense breakdown ever. And actually looking back, you know, this was years ago in early on in my career doing this. And now when I look back, I'm like, how did I, I did, I just felt completely confident in holding her in that space, even though what I was doing, it kind of dug, 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 dug down and brought it all up. But I was just like, yeah, this is the perfect time for this. It's the perfect space for this and just kind of held her. And um, now she often tells the story and she's like, she just, she just held me and she just said some simple words and it just stuck with me and I've always believed it and that was the turning point. And now, you know, she's just smashing it. She's actually become a coach herself, which is, you know, when people go through these huge transformations, they often do that. She's earning more money. She's moved into this gorgeous apartment. She's made peace with her ex-partner. She's got a new partner. She's, her body's coming back into harmony. She's practicing yoga every day. And it's just this really beautiful transformation back to harmony and she struggled with that for I don't know 40 years I guess and it's it's just amazing to see these transformations and those stories those ones like I'm more fucked than anyone you've ever seen I'm beyond the hump I'm never going to recover all these just yeah Those are actually the ones I have the most hope for because Mm -hmm. like I have seen such incredible quote, miracle transformations of people curing themselves of things, you know, like MS Mm. or rheumatoid arthritis and stuff like that. I've seen people so low that when someone comes to me, particularly if they're coming for, you know, thyroid or health coaching and not the life coaching, the thyroid stuff, they're sick. They've been sick a while. And again, that's the same story. I'm a total mess. Like I've been a mess mm-hmm. for years. No doctors can figure this out. And you're like, yeah, cause you've mm-hmm. just been going to the wrong people. Like it's a, it's just a story and it's embedded yeah. in there that they're never going to get better. And those are the ones that are kind of my favorite because, you know, lifting those people up and having them g- get across that is just like the ultimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, you know, she just in that moment, like crying in your arms, 
needed to really probably hadn't kind of spoken and shared that horrible shame and awful experience that she had gone through uh, when she was younger. And Mm -hmm. just that alone, right? Just speaking that to somebody can be so cleansing and so instantly make you realize that this is a part of why you're thinking these Mm -hmm. shitty thoughts now. Um, Let's let, I want to talk to you a little bit about you know, anyone can go online and look like affirmations and all these kind of things. And I I still feel it's worth digging into like parental stuff, digging into like how, you know, what are the areas of your life? Of course, all the stuff you do. Let's talk about manifesting, took a manifesting Mm. queen. So I would love to know, I'm I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, ever since I learned about the law of attraction and kind of co-creation and being able to sort of guide yourself in that direction. I've had some, you know, incredible Man, I, I could write a whole book on just manifestation stories, but I love hearing them. What was one of your like favorite ones? You know, one of those where you're like, no one would have believed this one, you know, because those are the ones that usually really inspire people because yeah. they're just like, and sometimes they're really small too. Like sometimes it could be just manifesting a cup of coffee or something, but the story of which you do it is so yeah. synchronicity, you know? So I'd love to hear a few that like really stand out in your life that you're like, oh man, that one was, mm, mm. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story I've not told anyone. It's very it's very fresh off the press, and I think this could be my biggest manifestation ever to date. And the the synchronicities and the nuance like the the detail is just something else. So, when I was 20, I met a man. I met a man and he was a footballer, I was a model. And he asked me out and we went out on a date and I was, I, I didn't know he was a footballer at that time. And I found out he was a footballer and I made a contract with myself. I am never going to go out with this man. He's never going to become my partner because he's a footballer and we all know what footballers are like. And so we used to date and we used to have sex and we used to like have these amazing experiences, but I was always like, but you'll never be my partner. So that was... That was the, that was 15 years ago. And then for 15 years, we when we were both single, we would meet up. So very, you know, Casual. maybe like a year here or maybe a few times one summer. But I've always been traveling away with modeling and more recently living in Bali and Ibiza and LA. And so, you know, whenever I get in touch, he's always available and he always wants to see me. And unless we have partners, like it's nothing like that, but if we're single. So we always have these amazing experiences and just so good. And for years, I've told my friends about this amazing man and they're like, well, you know, what about it? And I'm just like, no, 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 none of that, none of that, none of that. And so in this time, I've had a few like really amazing partnerships and, you know, they've kind of come and gone. But more recently, I was like, I'm manifesting my partner, like, for a few years, I thought I wanted to be polyamorous and I thought I wanted to, you know, I was living in Bali communities. And then I was like, yeah, I don't want to be polyamorous anymore. I want my man. I want him to travel with me and I want, I want to have a family. So that was like the beginning of the year. Then lockdown hit. And um, at the beginning of lockdown, I had a bunch of phone calls with different men like you know I was kind of seeing someone in Bali and then when I was in LA I was kind of dating someone there and I just had this big conversation with all of them separately I was like I am now manifesting my partner and 
I don't feel you can meet me there, even though you're amazing. And I want a clean break. I want us to do a cord cutting on the phone ritual together. And I am clearing the space for my partner to come in. And I'm really excited about it. So I did this as well with this guy, this long-term lover guy. Um, So that was like February. Anyway, um, at the end of lockdown, during lockdown, I was like, right, if I want to manifest my partner, I need to practice what I preach. I need to feel this feeling of being with him, you know, exactly how I want to feel. And I really anchored into that. For the whole of lockdown, I was like making love with my partner and dancing with my partner. I was cooking with my partner. I was everything. I was really, really focused on it. Really excited for it. And I just knew that it was coming. Feel it coming. Feel it coming. Anyway, at the end of lockdown, I decided I was going to go on a date. So I met this guy, ticked all the boxes. I was like, I'm not going on a date with anyone who doesn't tick all the boxes. Instantly met this guy. And we went on some dates and he took me to all these lovely places. And I was like, ah, manifested. Anyway, a few dates in, I was like, there's just, everything's ticked, but can't put my finger on it. Yeah. So I'm sat there with him and we're having this lovely dinner. And I was sat there thinking, I just kind of wish I was with this guy, the long-term guy. I just, we just have so much fun and da, 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 but you know. And I was like, oh, interesting. I've not thought about him this whole time. We've not had a single text. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I started thinking about that. Anyway, the date guy gets up and goes to the bathroom and I check my phone and I have a text from him saying, would you meet me just as friends? I'm going to come up to Manchester. So I was like, interesting, interesting timing. So anyway, the next day he comes to Manchester to meet me as friends. And I was like, I know exactly where I stand with this. This is just for this, just as friends. My energy is protected. Anyway, he walks into my house and immediately I was like, I've got that feeling, that feeling. Oh my God, that, that's the feeling I've been so anchored to. And I was like, oh no, no, it, it isn't that. No, 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 no. You know? And then I was like, no, it is. It is that feeling, but it's, it can't be him. Like I've known him for 15 years. Like it can't be him. Anyway, funnily enough, the feeling continued and I was like, I need to talk to him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if after 15 years of him wanting to be with me, he then said, you, you've finished with me one, one too many times and I'm not doing it. But anyway, I was like, no, that's not, I'm not manifesting that. So we had a conversation and he was like, um, yeah, I want that. So he ended up coming to Ibiza and this is the thing. So at Burning Man last year, I had an absolute clangor at Burning Man, like a complete shit show, like trigger fest, compound triggers every single day, everything that possibly could have happened that would trigger me around men happened at Burning Man. And I actually spent most of it in my tent, just like, I can't handle this. I need to escape, but I have to handle it. I have to feel it. And one night I was in my tent and I had this idea. I was like, when my one comes, I want him to give me a sign, a clear sign that I am going to recognize. And so the sign that came through was a lilac rose. And I remember having this conversation with myself in my tent. I can't ask for a lilac rose. I'm never going to meet him. And the the voice was exactly like, 
if you ask for a red rose, anyone could give you a red rose. But a lilac rose, I've never even seen one in my life. So I was like, okay, lilac rose it is. So anyway, I'll actually show you this because it's right next to me. Check this out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he, he came to Ibiza and he gave me a lilac rose. Love it. So, yeah, uh, manifestation. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I know. Well, and I love to, it was right in front of you for a long time, but it was like, you compartmentalize it. Like, no, that's that guy for that thing. We're, we're, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't know. And then you also had the, like, honestly, just kind of being a little bit prejudiced and stereotyping him as a footballer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, everyone knows Absolutely. they're cheating, playing, drunken, right? Like all of the stereotypes about that. So mm-hmm. you were like, I'm discounting this dude. He's nothing but an every now and then lover. We get along. So it just is, it's interesting yeah. that it ended up, yeah, being him. But how great, because your mind obviously actually kept kind of bringing him in over time. And mm. I love that you finally put out that call and was like, hey, who is it? And give me a sign. What are some, um, what are some, tips or some other manifestation stories you've had, things that you feel like are pitfalls and trip ups when people are mm-hmm. in the process of manifesting. Um, my biggest thing is it's tough for me when people, uh, people always are so attached to the how they're attached to this, like action, 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 trying to get the thing. And I am more of the like, mm, no, you feel it. And it will show up in some way that will inspire you to take action. And I know that's a big thing with manifesting. And I'm sure that's a lot of what you're constantly preaching. Cause what I love and I want people to hear is that you were experiencing the feelings of what it would be like. That is a state of pretending that is like being an actor. And that's what I tell people. You have to pretend like you're an actor. If someone asked you like had a gun yeah. to your head right now and said, cry in the next five minutes or I'm going to shoot you, I guarantee you, you would muster up whatever you could <laughs> to, to, to start crying. Yeah. For me, that might mean thinking about some horrible thought about my mom dying or, I mean, it certainly might be a negative thought, but it would generate the tears. It would generate the emotion. Mm. And so if everyone can do that, they, they can do it with the feeling of feeling happier or the feeling of what it might like to feel in love or that spark mm. they once felt, you know, multiplied. And I love that you were, you're cooking and you're like imagining him being there and cooking with him. And these are the kind oh, of pretending playful things that people think are stupid and lame. And they actually are probably like the the crux of the work, right? So I'd love you to kind of highlight yeah. or touch on some of those uh, topics. Mm. So my my favorite little tiny hack, simple hack that people can do if they're watching is um, to think of the last thing that felt how you want to feel more. So if you want to feel in love, like think about the last time you were feeling in love and like close your eyes, feel it and feel feel where you feel it in your body. So usually for me, it's like heart or stomach. And then feel the sensation. What does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it, you know, what color is it? And so for me, like excitement or love, it's like little champagne bubbles in gold. And it's like, ah. Um, And actually place your hand there. And then very simple. So just feel the feeling, place your hand wherever you feel it, and then amplify it. And then think of the thing you want to manifest, the thing you're bringing in for your future and link it together. So just keep going forward and back and see if you can 
create this exact same champagne bubble feeling with the thing in the future and attach it and keep going forward and back. And Tony Robbins has, well, everyone has processes like this, but just this simple thing, it's like just puts you in a magnetic mode for manifesting. So one of the things that I see people doing all the time that I think just completely turns the universe off is when you just keep reordering. And so when I first started manifesting 10 years ago with, you know, reading Asking It Is Given, somebody gave me this book and I read it on holiday. And I was like, oh, yes, this is it. I mean, like, and started practicing it and everything would start to manifest. First six months, just boom, 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 everything, everything, everything. I did the magical creation box which is kind of similar to a vision board, but you get like a shoe box and you decorate it into something beautiful and you just pop things in it that you want to manifest. And then every month you would go through it and you'd be like, wow, 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 everything in it. I've manifested it all. And so for the first few months, that's what I would do. And then as I got more into it, I started to do it, but I would kind of do like a morning affirmation. So I'd be like, I've manifested my dream wardrobe. I think that's what I was trying to get at that time. Like I wanted like a whole wardrobe designed by a a fashion designer and I wanted an Audi TT and I wanted an apartment in London. And every morning I'd be like kind of cosmically reordering it. And that just puts you in lack. That's like, yeah, I've not got it yet. So I need to ask for it again, ask for it again, ask for it again. And I was just stunting my own manifestations. And so for quite a few months, I was like, ah, balls, it stopped working. Like, when's this going to come back on? And then I had this download. I was like, oh yeah, don't reorder. Just don't reorder. Just know what you want and then just feel it. And that's it. You don't need to keep asking. So that puts you in lack. What would you say if someone was like, well, uh, like the thing that they want, let's say it's a trip to Ibiza. Okay. Um, so in that environment, you're like, yeah, they get in the feelings. Would you say though, that it would be positive for them to not continue reordering and be like, where is it? Where is it? Damn it. Bring it. But more of like, what if it makes them feel good to kind of get into that space every day of the things they want to manifest feeling the feelings of, do you feel like that's still Mm -hmm. reordering? Uh, feeling the feelings, no, but asking the universe constantly for the same thing. Right. Feels that that, like that begging desperation is the resistance, mm. but, but, but yeah. yeah. So, so I wanted to clarify that because I think that that can be a positive, like reinstatement of goals and desires, but just feeling the feelings. Mm. Like when you were wanting to manifest the yeah. love, it wasn't just like you did it one day and that was it or one hour you, no. you were in that flow of it. So I just want to let everyone know. Right. So that's the, that difference. It's not yet. Yeah. And that's the, the vibrational difference. It's, oh, where is it? I could come and ask. That is the holding you back. Yeah. The, the like already being like, I exactly. know it's coming and I'm just simmering in it. That's the, that's the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you for clarifying that. So what works better for me is if I know there's something that I want to manifest, I ask and it is given. And then I feel into like, what would speed it up? So what what could speed up this manifestation? So for example, if I wanted to become an air hostess, I don't know, this is my example. If I suddenly wanted to become an air hostess, then 
I would be making sure my passport had six months extra on it. I would be making sure I had the right tights and shoes. And I would be, you know, Googling what an air hostess needs to think about and know about. And, you know, looking at countries that I would want to visit and work at and, you know, that kind of thing. So what would speed it up? And that puts you in magnetic mode. So that's a little hack. And then the other thing is, I love this concept. So um, a few years ago, I was making a little mini course about manifestation. And I was loving it. I was just creating this course. And it's super easy for me to talk about the stuff. And I got to halfway through creating the course. And I had this massive realization, um, which was, it was based on an interview that I had. Someone interviewed me and they were like, why do you think you're good at manifesting and other people aren't? And I was feeling into it. And first, the first thing that came up was because I practice self-love. Like I live, sleep, breathe, eat everything. Self-love, that's my thing. That's what I talk about. That's what I do. I really practice it and live by it. And so I think, you know, that's that's the key because if you don't have that you can manifest all you like but you're not going to receive it you're not going to even see it you're not going to think it's for you even if the universe is delivering it so that was the first thing and the second thing that blew my mind and changed how I built the course was that I realized that it's not that you just pluck something that you want and you think of it in your future and you put it on your vision board and, you know, I want this in my future. It's that you have this ability, and it's a bit of a mind boggler, but if you have this ability to feel the future already ready, because if we look at the way time works, you know, it's all already happened in some reality. And when I was thinking about that, I was like, yeah, it's not that we're just plucking something from the future. It's that we're actually remembering the future. We can feel the future. So this term, remembering the future, really stuck. And I use it all the time. And so, like, instead of thinking, oh, what do I want to manifest? It's more putting yourself in a future version of you and, and looking back at it so it's already happened. And so I, I kind of like created this future you meditation that takes people to the last week of their life and brings them back. And, and now I see, you know, other people have done this, but then I had never done that before when I created it. I'd never heard it. I'd never been on one, you know? So now I'm like, oh, other people have this download as well, of course. But then it was like, it came to me in like a download So I actually changed the trajectory of the course to do with this remembering the future kind of thing, which I think that's the biggest thing for manifestation. I love that. I love the idea of imagining yourself looking back on your life as you're, when you're, you know, up way up there. And even if those Mm -hmm. things in your current reality have not happened yet, you are, again, you are already as if they did feeling those feelings of how proud or how happy or, and it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what it is and what a, what a lovely, what a lovely meditation to, to go through. Tell us about your book that's coming out um, and tell us, yeah, tell us about that. And also how we can work with you, how we can, you know, get into your energy and, and benefit from all of the things that, that you're putting out there. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my book is called P.S. I Love Me. And it's a 12-step formula for loving yourself. So there's a lot of past stuff like clearing and forgiveness and acceptance and some of the stuff we touched on at the beginning. So going a little bit into the past, but not to dwell on it, to move through it and learn from it and create like the biggest teachers. And then there's a big chunk about the future as well. So, you know, manifestation and our like vision and that kind of thing and like how to really like use the future to help us now and then a big part about the present so what to do when the shit hits the fan um which is a huge question that I'm always getting asked like what do you do when you feel rubbish like how do you pull yourself out of that how do you love yourself in the challenging times there's a whole chapter about that And also then once you've got on this self-love train, how to um, find your passion and purpose. Because I think so many women come to me and they're they're like, I'm just stuck. Like I'm not inspired. And I was that, even though I was in kind of a cool life anyway, that may be inspiring to some, I wasn't inspired. So I totally get that. And it was self-love and following these breadcrumbs, the cosmic breadcrumbs, that really led me to my purpose. And so you probably you probably see this as well, like when you coach people, they come in and then they grow and then they want to teach it or they suddenly find their passion. And so the book is really like a process and it's fun, it's funny. There's lots of silly stories in there and um, yeah, lots of, lots of downloads and lots of things. And so some of the book is also partly what makes up one of my courses. So I've pulled the main transformative bits, put them in a book and then transformed it into a book. So I'm really excited for that to come out. I've not got the exact date yet, but um, yeah, if anyone wants to link, we can link on Instagram. That's like probably my biggest platform. I'm posting there all the time. There's loads of free stuff in my link tree. Um, there's loads of freebies on my website of cool things that you can download. My latest one is a burning, a, a how to thrive at Burning Man with self-love because it would be Burning Man time right now. <laughs> so it's a free guide. Yeah, I'm in California. So Burning Man is, you know, big yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. I know some people that did some Burning Man fires. I'm one of those people that you'll never see me at a Burning Man, mostly because I went to a school that was so hippy dippy. It was almost like living at a Burning Man for four years. Yeah. Um, but no, that that's going to be a good one. Um, and then, and we'll put everything in the show notes. But give us your website so that we can, because you also do one on one coaching and you do work with people. So I want to let people know mm-hmm. that that you have yeah. that. Give us, give us how to get in touch with you, even though we'll put all of course. Yeah, my website is genuswire.com, S-W-I-R-E.com. And um, everything is my name, Genuswire. So you'll find me on everything with that. Um, I also have my 12-step self-love transformation, which is like an online course. There's 80 women in it at the moment and they just love it. It's the sisterhood and I do retreats in Bali and LA and Ibiza and Portugal and England, although this year not so many because of COVID. Uh, but we're starting those again in January. And I've got a virtual retreat on the 19th of September. So there's all kinds of fun things to get involved with. So, yeah, right, well, and it will be a pleasure. 
Yeah, thank you. It's been great and super synchronistic as well. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for all of the the good vibes you're spreading out there and putting out your message. It's something every woman especially, but lots of men too, need Mm. self-love. It's literally the foundation of which you cannot really get the things you want in life unless you feel worthy, right? And that's, I think, part of what you were talking about earlier is that it's got to be, that's why you're so good at manifesting because you believe that like, there's no worthiness issue there because you love yourself. There's no second Mm -hmm. guessing. So getting to that foundation first is important. And then people can really leapfrog into being an incredible manifester and creating things in their life um, through that self-love. Such an important message. Thank you so much. And we will put everything in the show notes to connect with you and we just wish you the best. And I can't wait for your book. You too. And thank you for all the amazing work you're doing. Absolute powerhouse. Yeah. Thank you. It's really it's fun. It's fun when you're doing your purpose, right? It's so Absolutely. fun when you're following your passion. I wouldn't get up, give it up for the world. And like you said, modeling and traveling around the world, I know someone who's got like an incredible acting resume in TV and film. Like anybody would be to- so envious of their success. They have the opportunity to do it and they're like, I don't do it. That most people would be like, what? How would you, why would you look at where, how far you gone? Why would you give up? Yeah. Because I don't want to do it. I know most of the world wants to do it. I know you want to do it. 80% of you want to do it. I don't want to do it. And it's so, mm. it's, it's, so it doesn't really matter what it is. It's that you're fulfilled, right? At whatever it is you're doing. Mm. And so exactly. I just wish that upon more and more people, because you and I know it's, I think I feel the luckiest that I get to do what I love. And I'm sure you do too. Mm, absolutely yeah yeah so to all the listeners thank you so much for listening and it starts with you and it's all possible it's all possible thank you so much we'll talk to you soon and everyone else we'll see you next week yeah thank you primal blueprint listeners don't compromise on pantry classics Whether you're going keto, paleo, in the middle of a whole 30-month, or adding to your Primal-approved arsenal, Primal Kitchen has a full range of mayo, ketchup, dressings, and oils that add flavor and variety to any meal without ever compromising on ingredient quality. From avocado oil-based mayos bursting with flavors like kicky chipotle lime, creamy classic, zesty garlic aioli, or savory pesto, to unsweetened ketchups and organic mustards, there's a condiment to complement every taste bud. Be sure to stock up on Primal Kitchen avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil, and new balsamic vinegar of Modena to add ease and great flavor to any dish, whether you're grilling, baking, broiling, braising, sauteing, or stir-frying. Primal Blueprint listeners can get their favorites 20% off when they use the code PRIMALBLUEPRINT at checkout.